This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Preview podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of RedandBlueArmy.co.uk, and we are back after our weeks off to preview the relegation dogfights at Huddersfield this weekend. Sam Heskiff and Albert Curley are once again the panel this week, and we'll be discussing the return of Connor Wickham, Chris Sutton's double standards, the renaming of Sellers Park, and we'll hear what Dave has been moaning about this week. We'll also be talking to Ooh To Be A Podcast to gain a view of the opposition, and also to the people behind the dive dive drive to save Dulwich Hamlet as always before all of that head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast gentlemen the team is back the squad word word Word. up word up move 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 aside (laughs) <laughs> um, someone else who is back is Connor Wickham guys right. uh, the Calvary is here um, it's going to take him some while to get back into match fitness isn't it Heskiff yeah I mean he's been out what is it 15 months something like that yeah, it feels like 15 years it feels like it um, but yeah I mean he's only just come back for the under 23s and only got 20 minutes for them so yeah it's definitely going to take him a while to get back whether we see him this season or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he's he's come back at all because those sort of injuries, you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, I, it, you know, he's not going to get thrown in for the Huddersfield game and uh, score the winner off the bench or anything. But so yeah, I'm very happy that he's back. Yeah, Albert, um, do you think he'll do well in the championship next season? Well, if he's fit, <laughs> we might we, we might be back up again by that point. <laughs> Oh wow! You think it'll be that long? Listen, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. Not having a go at him; it's not his fault. But you know, it's, it's all a bit familiar, isn't it? Yeah, he's certainly. Um, it's a shame because he's ne- every time he's kind of got going in his Palace career, he's then got injured and it stopped him right in his tracks. And it's sad, really, because I, you know, going back a few years, I was really into it when we signed him. I really wanted to sign him and thought he'd do well for us. And every time it's looked like he started to do that, he's got injured. So, um, Weren't you the first person to go to the club shop and get a Conor Wickham 
shirt? Only person, I think. <laughs> Even Connor <laughs> ain't got one. <laughs> yeah, maybe his newborn child. No, because you can actually only get five lettered names on the back of kids' shirts. Um, so you can't you can't get any more than that. So Wickham just won't fit. So um, I'm I've probably... I've on my son's. That's six. Is it? Yeah. You spell him with a G-H or an F, though. G-H and F in the middle. (laughs) Well, when I did one recently for a friend's baby, it was um, online only allowed me to pick five. Really? There you go, yes. That's great. There's cuts all left, right and centre in there. Yeah. Well, it sounds like um, there's one rule for one and one rule for another at a club shop, Albert. A bit like Chris Sutton seems to have one rule for one person and one rule for another. Oh, mate. It's just, it's, I mean, we're lucky this is recorded. You can, li- can listen to that back any time. <laughs> well, um, this comes from on BT Sport on the weekend who were covering the Palace-Chelsea game. Um, Gary Cahill threw his head in at Jairo Riedewald's boot, you know, kind of around knee level. I don't know what his head's doing down there anyway. And Jairo Riedewald pulled out, didn't get anywhere near him. And um, the referee disallowed the goal um, in the post-match analysis, although Chris Sutton did say that he felt that the goal should have stood. <clears throat> um, when talking about Cahill's actions, he, he described it as both smart and clever. So bearing in mind, this is the same man that earlier in the season accused Wilfred Zaha of cheating on Twitter, on TV, in a newspaper article. And when he was proven by a panel that he did not cheat because, hey, he didn't cheat. It was a penalty. Chris Sutton refused to rescind these arguments and still said that he's cheated. He then says that Gary Cahill cheated on the weekend, but it was smart and clever. So, Heskiff, how does that make you feel? Well, I've not had the best days today, <laughs> Lawrence, as, as you know, um, and I'm bristling at what I've just heard. Um, no, it, it, yeah, it's annoying because obviously to start with, that goal should never have been disallowed because, like you say, Gyro pulled his foot away, Kay Hill's head was about a foot off the ground and, uh, not, you know, not many, if any, Chelsea players were calling for a foul. Um, so, yeah, to call it clever, I mean, I, I think that's giving Cahill a bit more credit than he deserves. Uh, you know, he's probably sort of did it instinctually. I don't know that he was definitely doing it to get a free kick given, you know, to his team. Because if he does, then he's, you know, he's he's hoping. Um, but yeah, Chris Sutton, I mean, the day that I care about what Chris Sutton says, <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he, he, you know, when he was having a go at Wilf early in the season, it, it got my back up because of this reputation that a lot of people think Wilf has of being a cheat when we know that he gets kicked about every week. Mm. So for Sutton to keep pushing it, like you say, in all these different mediums, and then even when it was found that he wasn't a cheat, he sort of, he kept, he kept it up. Um, You know, part of me thinks he's doing it to just wind people up and get people talking. But at the same time, you know, he's just a no mark any Chris Sutton. I don't think anyone cares what he thinks. Yeah, Albert, do you think that's right? Do you think, um, by me talking about him, me tweeting him today and us talking, discussing it on here, we're just giving him what he wants. He's just there to try and be a little bit controversial and get people to give him relevance. I don't think, I think you're, you're doing him a major, major positive there by suggesting he's that intelligent. I've, I've, I've got to say, I think the moment he appeared on TV, I think he was first on either Football Focus years ago, he's just, 
he's the dullest, most uninteresting, uninspiring pundit. Mm. Um, so to to then hear him, you know, like you say, it's probably the most interesting he said. He's accusing a player of cheating and and then in refusing to retract the comments when it was proven false. Um, it's, it, it's, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's. Moving away from Sutton, I, I was watching, I can't think what game it was, but it was definitely a perfectly legitimate um, streaming service of a 3pm game. Of course, yeah. Um, it's Matt Holland. In fact, I took some reaction. I tweeted Matt Holland. Zaha gets taken out. I think it was in the area as well. And, you know, in the in the second and a half after, oh, he's gone down soft there. I think he's looking for it. He's a, he's a, he didn't use the word, the cheat word. 20 seconds later, there's a break in play. They look at a replay of it and he's like, oh, oh yeah, no, I think he's actually, uh, I think he's actually been, there's contact there. And there's no, you know, there's no, obviously yeah. I'm going to say sorry during a live commentary, but this, you know, it just comes out. And but on the match, just it. Once it's all out there, this myth that he's some outrageous cheating SOB just mm. gets perpetuated. Mm, certainly does. Um, another thing I thought would get me furious, um, but hasn't got me furious um, moving away from Sutton, is the renaming of Sellers Park. <laughs> Heskiff, did this? I, I really thought that if this ever aroused, I'd get peeved off by it, but it's it's not bothered me really because I've just sort of realised that I'm still just going to call it Sellers Park anyway. Yeah, I, I'm exactly the same. Um, I remember when Newcastle changed their stadium name. Mm. It, there was a big thing about it. And I just thought, well, I'm never going to call it that. It's just St. James's Park, isn't it? Exactly. So, you know, and that's not even my stadium. So when it's my stadium and it's called the, whatever, Morley's yeah. Park or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's, Tasty Jerk Park. Yeah. <laughs> if only. But yeah, I mean, you're still just going to call it Celest. You know, I don't think that's going to change. And if we get... I think I read a hundred million or something they were we were looking for. I don't know how realistic that is, but if you bring in quite a bit of money and then that can go towards you know buying players or renovating the toilets or anything like that, then I suppose it's worth it. And I, I think the hundred million was it's going to cost us a hundred million to build, and they're looking to fund a hundred million. I don't think the naming can cover all of that. Surely not. Is it cost a hundred million to do up the toilets in the Arthur? <laughs> Oh, wait, the toilets in the Arthur got one well, of female toilets in the Arthur in your way and got voted to be the best toilets in the Premier League, mate. You're doing, you're doing them a disservice. It's not all bad, is it, boys <laughs> and ladies? By the sounds of it. Yeah, but um, Albert, do you, do you think you're going to be nudging all the big wigs in? Um, what's the English equivalent of Hollywood? Uh, Uxbridge. Uxbridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to be nudging all the big wigs in Uxbridge to get on the sponsorship. Uh... Yeah, I could I could put the feelers out. I'd, you know the the Church of Scientology Park. Yeah, why not? Hey, come on. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I'm a bit like Sam, really. I, I think there was definitely a time in in football, what five six years ago, where it was quite a new phenomenon selling your your naming rights, and it was a bit like what. But you know, six years down the line, and lots of people are doing it. You know, it's, it's part of the modern game. As long as it's not something, you know, as long as it's not something ridiculous. I'm trying to think of a nefarious firm that it's probably just going to be Far Vincers, isn't it? Far, yeah, or Churchill, yeah, or Tag, Tag. <laughs> it's, not Steve... to- it's not going to be Toys R Us, is it? Let's face it. Um, <laughs> wow, um, this, yeah, more like the Steve Parish Stadium, probably just what it ends up being called or something. I don't know. Look, 
let's finish that there. We're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we will be talking to Jim from the Uta Beer podcast. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, we're now joined by Jim from the Uta Beer podcast. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, first season up with the big boys. How you been finding it? Yeah, it's been all right. I think uh, everybody thought we'd be, you know, beating Derby's record low points hall, and we'd, we'd be down with the Christmas trees. But we seem to be still in the mix. So I've, I've got no complaints. Yeah, it was um, one thing we just, they said the same about us when we first came up. And one thing that I've noticed. Um, it's really hard to get relegated from the Premier League, and God knows we've we've really tried over the last five <laughs> years. But um, it's a bit it's it's a bit easier than you expect because you know you can get a few runs of results together, and um, you've been getting a few of those recently, especially against the teams that you're supposed to be getting them against, your West Broms and so on. So, um, how do you feel the recent weeks have been going? Yeah, I think we had a bit of a, a rough patch uh, at the beginning of the year, and then we picked up, you know good wins against like so West Brom, Bournemouth. The weekend was probably the most frustrating game of football I've ever witnessed. I think we had eighty two percent of possession, about nine million shots. Swansea yeah. had none. Uh, they had ten men and we still managed to draw nil nil. It was like a, a football in Maginot line and we weren't <laughs> brave or clever enough to find a way around it. So I think, yeah, we, we certainly have the form that if we can pick up a few points in the next four or five games, I think we should be all right. But our last four games, uh, not in the exact order, are something like Man City, Chelsea, Everton and Arsenal on the last day. Mm. So, so you need I the points on the board early. You need the points on the board and play, playing you this weekend, if, you know, if we'd have got three points at Swansea, I think, you know, we'd have been happy with the draw against you guys but I think now it's got to be three points and I imagine you're thinking the same yeah there's no doubt for us it's a, a huge six pointer um a defeat is really unthinkable a, a draw will probably be okay I mean our, our running is nowhere near as bad as yours we've we've only got Liverpool left to play really and then ev- everyone else barring Leicester who we have to play at home and have already beaten 3-0 this season the rest of them's you know, we've got West Brom at home. We've got to go to Stoke. Um, Brighton have got to come to us. We've got a lot of the teams that are down in and around us. So um, it's, it's certainly in our own hands. But, you know, we don't we don't want to be going and um, <laughs> having a repeat performance of the opening day of the season. Um, I'm sure you probably don't expect it to be easy as that day was. No, I mean, I think, you know, that was a very interesting Quite a surprising introduction to the Premier League. Um, one of my favourite away days, I've got to say. But yeah, it's it's different kettle of fish, isn't it? Hodgson's seems to stabilise the ship. I know I know your last five games haven't been particularly pleasant, but you've had a tough running, and I think it's going to be a very tight affair. Uh, and I think it's just going to come down to one moment of quality. I, I, I generally think that I think we'll cancel each other out. So, where would you pinpoint that Palace can actually hurt Huddersfield? I think if you can do something like Swansea did, which is sit deep, constrict the space, yeah, let us have the ball, let us pass it side to side, and you know you've you've got pace in your squad, you know. So if you can hit us on the counter, 
Or even if you played two up front again, I think, was it Benteke and Strohloff? Strohloff, yeah. Strohloff, yeah. Um, you know, I think you could probably nick that one goal, keep it tight and, and do us, just do us with a sucker punch. Yeah, um, talking of doing us, um, you're going to be friendly to Wilfred Zaha this time? Yeah, I mean, this is a thing, isn't it? This is a thing now. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't particularly want to be. Uh, I think <laughs> if it gets under the, you know, the Palace fans' skin, if it gets under his skin, I think I think we should bully him a bit, yeah? Um, I think he goes down very easily as well. He's, look, he's a really good player. I really like him. He is probably one of the best players outside of the, the top four or top six um, and is exciting. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is if he's a bit soft, then you've got to go in on him. That's that's my that's my opinion. Yeah, he went down for three, three months after the game against you on the opening day of the season. So, yeah, um, so soft. So soft. soft. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm a northerner. I like to see that kind of stuff. So, uh... <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, um, what's what's your prediction for the weekend? It's going to be one nil. I don't know. If it's going to be one nil too. It's either going to be one nil and and Ben Teke gets an header in the 85th minute from a cross. Well, that or... will be a shot to everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one nil to us, um, and we're going to score in the opening 15 minutes when we we really get on the front foot. The crowds behind us, and and we get it then. If if we don't score in the first half, I think you're going to win. Okay, Brian Chesimore, Jim, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Very insightful. And um, I would say good luck on the weekend, but you know that I won't mean it. Best best luck for the rest of the season, though. I really like Palace <laughs> and uh, hope, to, hope to play you next season in the yes, Premier League. Certainly, pal. If we're both in the Premier League, I'll be happy. Good stuff. Cheers. Thanks for joining us. Take care, mate. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Right there, so there you have it, guys. Um, Wilfred Zaha, soft. Um, should should be able to take a kick in, in a more sufficient manner. Um, Heskiff is not northern enough, is he, Zaha? That's his problem. He's 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 just way too South London. Yeah, that's it. He's like he's like ice cream in the summer. Imagine, <laughs> imagine being kicked ten times in an hour on the ankle and falling over. What kind of society are we living in? <laughs> Well, he can't stand on his feet when he's being assaulted. It's political correctness gone mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, thankfully, we've got Wilf coming back this weekend, so we'll start there. Is it is it a dangerous game for him to be coming back into? Because after his performance against Chelsea, I, I have no doubts that he's going to start. So, Albert, coming in against a team that are so willing to kick him out of the game, do you think it's a, a dangerous game for him to come back into? Oh, certainly. I mean, we've literally seen them kick him into the stands and rule him out, like you say, for like almost three months. So, going to be wary, but you know, unfortunately, the the importance of these games you you have to you have to play your best your best players, you know, your game changers, and we're severely lacking a game changer. So. You just all, all you can hope for is that the ref does his job. Mm, yeah, unfortunately, that referee is Mike Dean, so um, I'm not. I'm not sure yeah, how much we should, rest him. we should rest him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Albert, he's got to play, right? I'm sorry, Heskiv, he's got to play. He's, as Albert says, you just can't imagine that he's going to sit on the bench for any of that game, right? No, he's yeah, he's 100 percent got to start. 
Um, there was a little bit of me at half-time against Chelsea where I'm thinking, you know, I don't, we've already lost this game. I don't want him to come on and get injured and then we don't have him for Huddersfield. But actually, he was, he was brilliant when he came on, as, you know, as he usually is. Yeah. And like Albert said, in the games like Huddersfield, he's got to play. He's our best player. Um, you know, he's he's a player we we all know. We said it before on the pod that he can he can turn a game, you know, really quickly. Yeah. And I think you know he's that sort of player where if he beats the fullback a couple of times in the first five ten minutes and gets his tail up, then he can you know run all over him. And yeah. it's worth it's worth playing him to see him do that. And if he, you know, I'm sure he's going to get kicked because he usually does. But you know, if, like you say, if he's fit, even if he's seventy. 80% fit, he's, he's got to start. Yeah. Um, like like the last time that he had a set, he's never really been at, out for a long time, Wilf. He's had a couple of short layoffs, but like the last time, he seemed to have come back bigger again in terms of stature and size. Um, I think it was Azpilicueta tried to go shoulder to shoulder with him early in the second half when he came on and he just absolutely bodied him. So um, adding more strength to his game is only going to help him there in that battle to, you know, deal with the people we're trying to kick him out of games I guess especially when it kicks off especially when it kicks off yeah that's right um someone else you're going to want there when it kicks off is the soldier he also returns this weekend Albert um loving my links um does he go back in for Kelly uh yes if if he's fit and available um oh, bless him Martin Kelly when that that second goal <laughs> went went in off went in off him eight times on 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 Saturday. He looked he looked like a broken man, and that's not having a, again. That's not having a go at him. That's um, I genuinely felt really sorry for him. Um, that's just rotten luck. So maybe cutting some slack and and put Mama in. It's going to be a I think it's going to be a war of attrition. So we need uh, we need our biggest and bravest. So get him in. You know what, this for me, Martin Kelly, this is the sort of third time in his Palace career this has happened where he's sort of come in as a makeshift, done well initially, but then sort of toweled off. It's like, you know, you'd think that players have extended runs in the team would start to get better. But for him, he seems to hit the ground running and then just drop off. I mean, he fell off a cliff at right back under Pardew um, after doing well initially and it's kind of just started to creep in the last couple of games um, after impressing at centre-back. So, I mean, uh, there's no doubt it's Tompkins that remains in. Um, I was saying to Heskiff, Tompkins, if the season ended today, he's he's giving Zaha a run for his money in player of the season, isn't he? 100%, mate. I think he's been brilliant. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, again, against Chelsea. And, it, you know, it, you've got to remember he's had a different partner, you know, every other game there's someone next to him, whether it's Kelly or Fossi Mensah or, um, you know, Dan. Or physio. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but he's been the constant and he's he's been con- consistently good. Um, he made a great uh, sort of clearance almost off the line against Chelsea. Mm. Um, he was getting blocks in, you know, he, he's... He's a strong centre half, and and we need that with with the amount of injuries we've had and the chopping and changing we've done, for him to play so consistently well and give us you know the the player that oh, he's a better player than I thought we were getting actually when we bought him. Yeah, certainly. Um, he, yeah, I mean he's he's definitely in the running. I think Wilf perennially is going to be everyone's favourite because of 
what an amazing, exciting player he is. But with his, you know, with his injuries and being out of the team for quite a bit this season, Tompkins has really had, you know, had the time to shine. And and um, yeah, he he's first first name on the team sheet for sure. Yeah, and that's not to forget that, of course, back end of last season, it was Tompkins and Sacco that struck up the partnership that you know basically kept us up in in that sense. So. Um... I'm happy to see them two back together and hopefully Sacco can reach the heights that um, he did at the back end of last season and probably hasn't quite reached this season. Um, Obviously, we've also got a a massive players returning this week and the talk is that Kabai and Ruben Loftus-Cheek are back in the mix. Um, Albert, Kabai is probably more in a match-fit state than Ruben Loftus-Cheek is likely to be. So do you expect him to see him start the game? Uh, again, if he's fit enough, I think he has to start. And, and certainly, if if Sacco if Sacco's fit as well, and, and Sacco starts, I think putting both of them in the spine of the team certainly makes it a lot more resilient. And, and furthermore, what I really like really like about Sacco is he looks he looks to pass the ball into the midfield. And mm. if we can if we can get that if we can get you know the sort of Sacco and Kabai sort of sitting deep, get that line of passing going as um as our opposition um expert you know sort of pointed out if we if we can sit deep and and just release that ball and hopefully get get the early passes away into Kabai who can who can hopefully fit a uh, sorry hopefully play into a fit with Zaha and catch him on the break free him up at half time take Wilf off put him on the bench wrap him up in cotton wool what about the other side, Heskiff, in terms of Loftus-Cheek? Do you expect to see him start? I mean, probably not, right? Yeah, I, I think he'll probably be on the bench. Um, they said that he's... Because he was training a bit with the reserves and the kids at Chelsea. Um, and I watched an interview with him today where he said he's doing, you know, full full training with us now. Um, but I'd be surprised after three months out if he goes straight into the team. Um, you know, with Sacco... Really, we need him in the team. So if he's more or less fit, get him in. Same with Wilf. But with Loftus-Cheek, I don't think we really need him in the team unless he's 100%. And even then, I'm not totally sold on him being a, an instant um, you know, starter. Um, but, you know, there, there again, if he's on the bench and you can bring him on and he's a strong you know, ball carrier when we need him to be towards the end of the game, then he's a great option to have on the bench. Um, but yeah, I'm more inclined to say that if Kabai's fit, like, like Albert said, get him in um, and then have, have Ruben on the bench. And who do you put Kabai in for if he's coming in? Because is it at the sacrifice of Sorlot or Benteke? Because it's going to be one of those two, I'd imagine. Ooh, see, I, I mean, I, I don't think Schlupp should start against Huddersfield. Uh, I thought he was he was not great at all against Chelsea. The game before he was all right, but obviously not 100% because he was coming back from his injury. Um, and actually, I think PVA has been pretty good at left back the last couple of games. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd drop Schlupp up front, um, even though I think Solot was pretty good actually in the second half, but I'd probably start with Benteke. Mm. Um, I don't really know why. I don't really have a reason. <laughs> so a lot was good in the second half against Chelsea. I just, I think, I, I think Serlot, um is probably better off the bench than Benteke. Um, you know, I think he can he can run about a bit more and get into the game a bit easier. 
and I think if if we start with Wilf and Andros, which I'm pretty sure we will, then I think Benteke should should start up top. What's what's been your early thoughts, Albert, on Surlot? So, I mean, I'm in a WhatsApp group, and there's four of us, and two of us are in the boat that thinking he's bang average, and the other two are thinking that he's done really, really well and has a good future ahead of him. Where where are you sitting? You've shown your hand there by saying two of us. Think yeah, well, he's oh, no, I, I said I think I, he's bang average. I think I, he's, a, he's a slightly better Calvin Andrew. <laughs> uh, is he that bad? Um, I, I I don't like him out wide. I know that much. Um, I thought Chelsea showed more promise, and you know he, he rattled one off the post, which you could argue he should have done better with. But again, I'm not gonna not gonna slate him for that. I'm not. You know, I'm not blown away. Um, mm. I know that much, but at the same time, I understand he's a young kid coming from a you know a, a different culture of football, way less competitive, way less spotlight on him, and he's um, been thrown right in at the deep end. But based, you know, all things being equal, judging him purely on what I've seen on the pitch, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not overly hopeful that he's going to become a, a sensation. Let's put, let's put it this way: if we sold Ben Teke in the summer. And mm. Surlot took his sort of took the spot as the first choice striker. I'd be a bit concerned. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want this to be misconstrued as me saying this in a bad way when I'm saying he's bang average. I, and obviously, I kid about Calvin Andrew. I, he's he's better than Calvin Andrew, but I just don't, like he is what he is. You know, he's just a big lad, decent with the ball at his feet. I don't think he actually wins as much in the air as um, he probably should with his size, um, but. There's promise there, but I just don't think, you know, we still need a striker. Even if Ben Teke stays with us, we still need another striker. Yeah, and, and he's just not going to be that guy. Um, I was a little bit mad with him at Chelsea for, you know, step down boy. Wilf Zaha's coming through on goal and you've stepped in front of him and taken that <laughs> shot. I, I, ad- I admire your um, <laughs> your thought process, but, you know, step out of the way and let the senior take it. It's mad calling Wilfred a senior, isn't it? But... You know, he's already scored from that angle against uh, Courtois once this season. Move over and let him let him slot into the far corner. But um, yeah, I I go with Ben Teke. If it's one of the two, I'm I'm still going with Ben Teke. With uh, with being able to work with Townsend and Zaha off of him, I think um, you know his hold up play is far superior to Serlot's. And you know, of course, he's not been putting the chances away this season, Ben Teke. But you know with Zaha on the pitch, he can do that for him. And Benteke has been getting the assist this season. So, um, yeah, well, I've, I think we've pretty much covered off everything there. So um, we're going to go away. And then when we come back, it will be predictions. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right. So we obviously didn't have a show last week, but we were predicting in the background. Um, I, I got 2-1. Uh, to Chelsea, sadly correct. So I'm climbing up that table. Um, Albert, can you remember what you said? I'm not sure I said anything, to be honest. You know, it's, yeah. not, it's not great radio, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, uh, Sam, we've not sent you the link yet, so you can fill this in. Um, what would you have said to one, Chelsea? No, I, know, not, I, I, I know you wouldn't have. <laughs> I never would have predicted us scoring a goal, mate. Yeah, I put you down on it as saying that Chelsea would have won, but I didn't put two one. I, I more thought you would have put five nil or something. So yeah, I probably would have said three nil, four nil. Shameless plug on Love Sport Radio, um, mm-hmm. which do check out tomorrow night at seven o'clock on 
some really obscure frequency. Uh, I, I said two all, and in theory, yeah. it should have been two all, shouldn't it? So if it wasn't for that clever Gary Cahill, mate. Yeah. I mean, how clever is it sticking your head down, you know, eighteen inches off the ground on a football pitch when the ball's flying around? It's not, it's it, you know, even just the opposite a, of clever, isn't it? It's, exactly, it's moron. Anyway, sorry, we're treading on ground. <laughs> uh, okay, so this week we have a problem, guys. In the um, whole radio parish, not a single person has currently predicted a loss. Now, I know we have Heathcliff to sort that out for us shortly, but um, everyone else has gone for a win other than Alex Penge, Patrick O'Connor and Mikey have all gone for draws and no losses in there. Um, the fans that have been predicting, um, I'm going optimistically predict a 2-1 victory with a goal and an assist for Surlot. Jimmy Mack scoring the other. Um, I'm just frantically scrolling through Twitter to find who that was. That was Tony G. Um, Navis tweeting has said it's going to be 2-1 to Huddersfield and he's blaming me for that, for or us for doing this podcast when we need a win. And he hasn't had a mutton roll with um, Hambo. For anyone who follows this, this is um, <laughs> a constant ongoing thing that if we don't win, if Hambo and Nav don't have mutton rolls. And um, Sweet as a Moose has said a thrilling 2-3 goals to Sulot, Benteke and Townsend. I honestly don't care about the result as long as we get all three points. Um, so it's only it, left... Well, it, it does care about the result, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to just gloss that over. Um, so, Albert, start us off. What's it going to be? Uh, no one's going to want to lose it. It's going to be a dull as dishwater 0-0 last on match of the day. Oh, wow. Uh, and would you take that? Uh, respect the point, mate. Oh, God. I wouldn't be over the moon with it, but I wouldn't be distraught if we came away with a point because I've forgotten what that feels like. Okay. Heskiff? Um, yeah, similarly, I, I, it's going to be gutting if we lose it. I'll go, I'll go one all. Uh, and I reckon Luca will score a penalty. Okay, that'll be good. I've got him in my fantasy team, so that'll be points. Um, it's all right. about you, isn't it? It's all about you. <laughs> uh, no. Um, that's Mark Clattenburg, isn't it? <laughs> Ugh. Oh. I'm going 3-0 Palace. Whoa! Revenge. Revenge, Revenge is happening. I think we've, got, um, we've also got a, a prediction from... Producer Billiam. Yeah. You said 3 1 Palace, Sirlot, Luca, Wilf. No, I'm going 3 0 Palace, Ben uh, Benteke and Zaha Brace. So Zaha 2, Benteke 1. We're going to just get absolute revenge. The feel good factor is going to be there, and then we're just going to probably end up finishing 10th or something. Um, something stupid like that. Um, so there you have it. Right, short break, and then we're coming back with Dave's Moan. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. So Heskiff, you didn't even need to pod him this week. He just spilled all the moans out on you this morning, right? Yeah, he. Um, so for those who are tuning in for the first time, I've got a mate called Dave who's even more miserable than me. Um, and this week he was very annoyed about the friends and family list being taken off the Palace ticket site so you can see how many points your mates have. And um, that he had to ring up to buy tickets. How many times did he listen to Gladwell over when he rung up? Oh, my God. Well, I did. I mean, he was going supersonic at the time. He was telling me all this, so I didn't want to prod him. But <laughs> he, he he rang up at 10 to 10 to be told that the band for 4,600 points, wherever it was, didn't open until 10. So could he ring back in eight minutes or nine minutes? So that Because of a rip-roaring sellout that it's going to be. And then he also, at the same time, he said, well, whilst I'm on the phone, I'll, re- I'll renew my season ticket. Uh, and he said that was a joke. And then he made the joke that he was trying to pay in bitcoins. <laughs> and, um, it didn't go down very well. And it, the, rest, the rest of the message from him is just expletive, to be honest with you, mate. Um, and, and I don't, he's literally, as I'm speaking, he's texting me and I've got no context for this. But the comment is, at least you won't miss watching bleached teeth, swear word, scoring at Celeste. I don't know what he's talking about, but he's angry. <laughs> Do you know who he's talking about? It's got to be Firmino, isn't it? Literally, mate, no idea. Uh, maybe. Yeah. The, last thing I, the last thing I texted him about was Tompkins. So he's not talking about him. <laughs> did, he, did he not think to renew his season ticket really slowly for eight or nine minutes? <laughs> like read his card number out really painfully slowly and then do it nine minutes of the gone. Right, back to tickets, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll 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 feed that back to him, Albert. Um I'll I'll let you know what he says offline so I can swear. <laughs> I think I worked out once that when you phone the box office and they put you on hold or you're on hold listening to Glad All Over, I think it's fifty four P you pay for every cycle of Glad All Over. Blimey. I mean, I like that song, but... How, how much of that goes to the Dave Clark Five? Well, none of it, I'd imagine. It. All in yeah. Byfield's pocket. Is he, does he still do the... I was going to say, compared to Terry Byfield's club call... Uh... <laughs> Terry Byfield's small microphone. <laughs> oh, Don't you miss that sort of stuff? That video is and, just... Um... The, the Terry, Terry Byfield behind-the-scenes of Sellers Park two-part video is just... It's... Alan Partridge saw that, and that's what he based <laughs> It's the bloke. It's the two blokes packing up the uh, internet orders at the back of the club shop, and there's one bloke who's got one of those lights. You know, it's like the plastic envelopes that they obviously stuff the shirts into. For some reason, he just keeps turning it over whilst Terry Barfield's talking. Check it out; it's really weird. So that's why all the stuff takes so long to come. Yeah, well, what can cheer Dave up maybe this week, Heskiff, is telling that he can get his football shirts at half price now. So um, 
Oh, well, yeah. I'm sure he'll be delirious with happiness. Just tell him not to get players fit. I've seen his stomach. We don't. We don't need to see that. Uh, and, goodness, right. and goodness for him, he can get Dave on the back of a kid's shirt because it's only four <laughs> letters. So sorted. That's that's him done. He's going to turn over a new leaf now. He's going to be the happiest man alive. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, hopefully, we're going to be talking to the people from Save Dulwich Hamlet. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right, we are now joined by Fiona from the Save Dulwich Hamlet um, initiative that's going on. Uh, Basically, I'm just going to give the floor to Fiona now when she's um, going to talk you through the plight that Dulwich Hamlet are going through at the moment and um, how, as Crystal Palace fans, obviously being away this weekend at Huddersfield, how you can lend a helping hand to Dulwich Hamlet. So, Fiona, the floor is yours. Hi, Terence. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, Well, this must be one of the weirdest weeks um, in Dulwich Hamlet's 125-year history. Uh, A few years ago, we were bought by property developers. Um, Their plans um, to build flats on our pitch, basically, and relocate us to some metropolitan open land um, just next door um, were rejected by Southwark Council, who said that there weren't enough. um, There was only 3% affordable housing. the property developers uh, then spectacularly threw their toys out of the pram. Um, they first said last November that they were going to stop um, paying our players and management staff. So since November, we have been digging deep in our pockets and, and paying them. Um, they then said uh, last week that they we had not been paying rent for a few years, um, which was when they controlled us financially. Um, so they slapped us with a 120 grand bill, uh, effectively to wind up Dulwich Hamlet FC Limited. And then um, last Monday, um, they served us with notice that we they had registered as trademarks our name, Dulwich Hamlet FC, which we've been using for 125 years, um, the Hamlet and DHFC, and that we was to stop using them immediately. So uh, the next day, just to cap it all, they evicted us from the stadium. So on Tuesday, we were literally homeless and nameless. Um, uh, It... extraordinary week. Um, what has happened since then is that Southwark Council, who are have been really supportive, have said, OK, Meadows, if you're not going to um, sell us the site, um, we're not going to give you planning on it. Sell us the site. Otherwise, we they have approved a compulsory purchase order for the site. Um, it, it's an extraordinary situation. Um, we've been um, offered a ground share with Tooting and Mitcham, our arch enemies, which is a little bit awkward as now we've got to rewrite quite a few songs. Um, but we played our first home, as as you call it now, match there um, on Tuesday night. Um, we have to absolutely thank them. The whole football family has been really, really supportive of us. But it's it, it's a dreadful situation. Um, our MPs are very supportive. Um, they've managed to secure a debate about 
um, football and their communities and how we can protect them generally, which is going on in the House of Commons on Friday afternoon. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the situation. It's, it, it's bizarre. They've now erected a fence around the ground and somebody up there today said there was a, a security drone flying around. So it, it's, it's, it's really the developers have been uh, they've had a corporate meltdown. They're looking very stupid at the moment. And really what what we really want them to do is just jog on, really, and let us enjoy our football at Champion Hill. Um, yeah. And of course, you're arranging um, a protest this weekend. So with Palace being away, um, a lot of Palace fans I know go to Dulwich Hamlet on um, weekends when Palace are away. How how can we help you out this weekend? Well, first of all, it turn up. It, it, it's um, in East Dulwich on Goose Green at 12.30 on Saturday. Um, we've got some speakers um, uh, our, our MP, we've got someone from the council, we've got our, our chairman, Mr Liam Hickey, who's doing an absolutely sterling job. We've got people from the, the trust, the trust um, supporters trust chair, Al Crane, we've got lifelong fans, and then we are going to have a very colourful, noisy, loud, pink and blue march to um, what was our home, uh, at Champion Hill and what we really hope will be our home very soon. It's it's impossible to know what's going to happen at the moment. The other thing you can do is is we're still paying the, paying the players out of our own pockets. We have a Just Giving page. Um, we've got um, uh, the 12th man, basically, we're donating and funding. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head, but if you go to our website, Save Dulwich Hamlet, um, it, all the details will be there. We'd really, really appreciate um, Palace support. Um, we know that you come to our games when when uh, Palace are away sometimes, so it would be really great to see you there. This is about football and community. It's 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 more than just more than just Dulwich Hamlet. I think. You know, they're coming for us now, um, a few years down the line with lunch and London gentrification, they could be coming for the bigger clubs. You know, it's, it's time to snip it in the bud and pull together. Well, you're certainly right. We're, um, you know, on a far different scale, obviously, but with the redevelopment of our main stand that's going on at the moment, we're going through, you know, we have the difficulty of being across many boroughs at Crystal Palace and, um we're having the same problems, just on a slightly different scale in terms of, you know, will this happen? Will it not happen? And so on. And it is right. You know, clubs, football clubs can do so much within the community and they're very important parts. And it needs to be needs to be realised that we're not just there as, you know, money making gambits. That's not we're there with. We're there for the community and it's very important. So um, you obviously didn't have all your details there. We will share them on our socials. So um Go to Save Dulwich. Uh, uh, Save Dulwich Hamlet is the Twitter, isn't it? Um, if you go there, says DHFC, and um, we will put all it on our socials so you'll be able to see. And um, best of luck with everything on Saturday and going forward in your fight. And thank you so much for joining us, Fiona. Thank you, Terence. A joy to be on. Thanks. Hope to see you there on Saturday. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans.
Right, so that's it for this week. It's just fly, if time flies, doesn't it, basically? That's, that's what happens when you're having fun. Um, thanks to Fiona from uh, Save Dulwich Hamlet. Hopefully, you guys will get everything that you need going forward. Um, she, she was good. She was good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's terrible to hear what's happened with them, of course. So, you know, let's reiterate. Get yourselves down there and help out on the weekend if you're... Well, what I'm just dreading. I just really hope it doesn't snow for them, is what I'm hoping. But... Um, yeah, get down there and give them some support and hopefully all that can be put to bed. Um, also, thank you to Jim from the Uta Beer podcast at the top of the show for um, giving us a view of the opposition. Um, we won't be getting him back after him saying that um, Zaha's soft, so he's out the window. <laughs> thank you to Billiam for producing in the background, as always. And, um, of course, the squad, the team. Albert, you got anything to plug for tomorrow? Uh, yeah, check out. I think it's me and me and the Gusset doing this uh, Love Sport new DAB channel in London, seven o'clock for t- two whole hours. Can you imagine talking wow. about the week in all things Crystal Palace? So, uh, lovesportradio.com. There you go. Well, you can just basically just copy this and just do that. Yeah, to be honest, I've saved my good stuff for tomorrow. So, <laughs> I, you know, if I've not if I've not been great this week, then sorry. Mm-hmm. Heskiff, um, I hope this has been a good end to the day for you after a miserable day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking alcohol, so it's fine. Okay, what, and, and, what... and your company is, you know, amazing. But oh, m- mostly the alcohol. Mostly the alcohol. Yeah. What, what, what was, what's been the alcohol of choice this week? I'm classing it up, mate. Cronenberg. Oh. <laughs> Can or bottle? Can. Oh, I've I've got a nice Shiraz on the go. What what, what have you been doing, Albert? Uh, I had some tofu and a Budweiser, mate. Tofu and a Budweiser. Yeah. New, wow. New That's, wife's yeah. new regime, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Well, that, the less we hear about your man, new wife's new regime, the better. Uh, Let's not go there. Okay. Right. Anyway, uh, is there an international break coming up or something? What's the plan? Do we have a game next weekend? We've got a game on the 31st against, against Liverpool. Okay, so whenever whenever it's three days or four days before that, look out for us <laughs> um, because we'll be talking about it. And, um, of course, Sunday night, we'll, the regular show will be on this week and Hambo will be joined by... Are you on it, Albert? No. No, so I don't know. I didn't look. I'm terrible. I'll do my research more. Some, some other waste men. Yes, exactly. So, anyway, until then... Up the palace. Squad out. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.